Okay. All right, are we good? Yeah. Are we rolling? We are rolling. We're rolling, sweet. And I've got my phone on airplane mode, so it won't do that. All right. Awesome. <laughs> See, it's deeper than you think. So just sink. It needs a plank. Um, all right, should we do this? We're feeding back a little. Um, does anybody know anything about mixers in the room? Hopefully, somebody. Can, it's just one fader. It's, uh, you know, not rocket science over there. Yeah, we did our own sound. It's I've never done... Science except for the guys who are trying to do it and make it sound good. That never really uh, I've never done live sound. That's the one thing I haven't done. Oh, no, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I can't do things under pressure. I need to be able to go on the deck. <laughs> All right, we're good. Here we go. Thank so, you. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. And I'm D.B. Cooper. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indian Game Audio. Welcome to it. In front of a crowd. Live people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of got, like, tingly. Like, that like, gave me a little shivers. That yeah, was this kind is of really kind of, cool. <laughs> this is, like, super weird. <laughs> so, uh, we're here at GDC. Um, we've got the super awesome space. We've got DB here. Um, We're being hosted by Monument. Monument House is uh, providing the space with us, which is really awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Kim, and all of Monument House, and everybody, Star, and everybody else who helped us out with this. That's yep. super awesome. This wasn't our idea. Yeah. This was Kim's idea, and then it seems like it's worked out. So far, we might butcher it. but <laughs> <laughs> So far, so good. So, DB. Hello. Uh, why don't you tell everyone who you are who may not know? I am DB Cooper. I am a voice actor. I also do casting and directing for video games, narrations for all kinds of things from explainer videos and corporate narrations to Joe Biden's Biden's Briefing podcast. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> gosh, you, 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 if it's printed, I can read it pretty much. That's, that's an awful lot of it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're more indie game uh, focused yeah. uh, on this little thing. Um, what, are, what are some of the differences you see between working on an indie project and working on a big AAA or well, with Joe Biden? Well, I have to tell you, in all honesty, I haven't done a boatload of AAA games. I've oh, done awesome. some AAA games. And I, the reason guest. I get the AAA games that I do is because I know the directors. Mm, okay. Okay, and that's where... It's, it's the relationships that determine what kind of work I get. Right. Every one of these projects, whether it's big or small, is about trust for having me as an actor create the voice of something that someone else has dreamt of. Right. And I really take it very seriously and try and find places of... Uh, affection within a script that I can really latch on to because I also play all kinds of games. Mm-hmm. And as a gamer, I know for me in an environment what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And bad voice acting can just make you go, totally. it's the ultimate. Hi there, it's Resident Evil, yeah. you know? And it's like, do I really need to, do I really need to withstand this? And, and, what are you buying? Or, what are you selling? <laughs> I was thinking more of like, you, the master of unlocking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yes. Um, but the, uh, what happens in a good game 
that makes you want to be in the company of that character, that makes you want to play the game again. We love good gameplay, so design is the beginning of everything. It's what draws us in. Mm -hmm. But the thing that keeps us coming back is our affection for the characters, and that is all about the acting. Right, yeah. Because it can be, and when I talk about affection, I don't necessarily mean they're the good guy. It's not always um, uh, Noctis who's going to be the one you're affectionate about. You're going to want to play, you know, Batman because the Joker's in there, you know, and we love the bad guy. So there, it's whoever you're you're passionate about, that's the thing that brings you back to the game. Yeah. So it's about the the uh, the directors trusting that you can bring this character to life, and mm-hmm. so it's it's a real kind of a. It's, it, I don't want to get too uh, new agey about it, but it's kind of a sacred pact. It's like I'm trusting you with this paper that has a character on it. Now make it a spirit. Yeah. And that's what it. That's really what it feels like. Most of the work I do is indie stuff. Yeah. Cool. And it's supremely satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And, but also when you're working with indie stuff, you're working with probably less experienced uh, script writers, less experienced directors. So when, do you have a clear division between your roles as a voiceover director and actor, or is it just kind of, you can't, you're always going to be directing a little bit? I will always offer assistance if I see that it's needed. And I do that in any of my projects, and it can be for uh, IBM. Right. You know, it can be for a college science textbook. Guess what? This this uh, this formula is wrong. It's any of those kinds of things. Well, that's happened. Um, but it's really. <laughs> but it's not that I know science. It's not necessarily that I'm a chemistry buff. But if I'm reading stuff or have to read about stuff that I don't know, I have to research it. Because my frame of reference has to get it. I have to have it in here. I'm not just going to, I can't just read words on paper and have it make sense. The thing that makes you want to listen to me is that I'm engaged up here. Right. So if I've done research on something, um, it could be a, a pharmaceutical thing, it could be, a, could be chemistry, it could be uh, the way IBM runs its, um, uh, you know, a certain printing division. Any of those things, I've got to do research on it so that I get it, so that it makes sense to me when I'm saying it. Because if, if, yeah. if you hear me making sense, it's going to make sense to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to an indie game, if we've got something that is indistinct or has a, a, an unclear meaning, how is this going to affect the player is always the biggest question. Mm-hmm. Okay, where are we in the game? I'm not exactly sure where we are. Why am I saying that? I always need to know, what's my motivation? The, um, <laughs> uh, but that's the truth of it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And then, do the words as written make sense? Yeah. And most of the time, I mean, even with the indie games, we're, we end up with, a, with very good scripts because everybody works so hard. But if, it, if there comes something that is either someone trying to have like epic language, I will offer assistance with if you want it to sound Shakespearean, let's make it sound like this. Mm-hmm. So I'll offer a syntax change, but I don't yeah. put my foot down about anything. Right. Yeah. So how, how deep does that go as far as, like, when, 
Are you writing sometimes then sometimes. too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me help you do this. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get what you're trying to say. How about this? Yeah. Right. But basically, it's not like I'm writing entire soliloquies or anything. There will be right. things where I'll rewrite a line. I think it might make more sense if we try this. Do you want to do it both ways? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I find it's always best with when the voice actors we work with at Clay, when we give them that leeway, like, here's the line, but mm-hmm. if you can say it better, mm-hmm. like, as we're, you, you're learning the character, sure, let's do it. Yeah. Well, you need yeah. to grow into the character sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's important to to make it make sense within the context of the game. Mm-hmm. How much um, how much context is too much context to give a, a voice person? Is there too much context? Yes, there is too much context. <laughs> oh my God! There are um, places where, especially on an uh, I most of the experience I get with them, a lot of the uh, the indie game projects are um, the casting sheets. Yep. And so the casting sheets, uh, what, they, what we call a casting document sometimes, the audition sheet, is, uh, is going to have a certain number of lines. And then if, now it just runs the doggone gamut. We either have no backstory, we yeah. have the person's name and maybe his rank or her rank and, and a photograph, if you're lucky. Right. And that's it. Otherwise it'll just say major in the army. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> They're okay. all the same, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Have I seen duty? Let's let's just make it that she's kind of battle hardened. Okay, we'll just do that. Um, so we so we have to make up some stuff yeah. like that sometimes. The stuff that I don't need is the stuff that's not in the game, right? Or if it doesn't really have any impact on my characters relationship with other people. If her father died when she was six and left her mother uh, and her to live in the woods so that they had to, you know, chop down trees in order to have firewood and break the land and put the stones into a stone wall in order to have land to build the blah and the cow and the this and the that. And it's like, is that in the game? I mean, I'll ask. Yeah. It's like, is, is, this, is this in the game? We, we doing this? Uh, and if it's not, I, I really don't need to know all that. Right. Blah, blah, blah. She had a hard life. Her right. father died when she was young. Awesome. Because what happens with your actor, with something that is a clue like that, is it lets me fill in the blanks. What you want is a fully engaged actor. If you say her father died when she was six, what's that going to make me think of in my life? I'll engage all that stuff for you. So that's like a real live performance and it's really hot. And yeah. then you're going to hear that. But if you insist on giving me the whole Hansel and Gretel story, I'll just kind of read it for you the way it's, it's going to sound a lot more words on papery. Right, yeah. right, right. I don't need to know her blood type, you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you show up, let's, let's see, you're working with a new indie project. We have a lot of people here that are probably indies as well. Indies in the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. What do you like to see when you show up to a studio of any kind? It might be a bedroom studio. Wow. You know what? I honestly rarely ever visit someone else's studio. Everything I do is remote. Is remote. Yeah. Okay. Everything I do. So what do you like to receive, I guess? I want a cohesive script that's in the order in which we will record it, which I rarely get. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, I understand that for managing uh, dialogue assets that you need to use um, 
an Excel spreadsheet a lot. Um, an Excel spreadsheet is pretty much the worst thing you can hand to an actor because what you've got is a page full of words with no breaks. And everything tends to look important. Yeah. All of, especially a lot of what we do with with any, with any of these games, with characters that interact with the player character, are small lines, unless you've got someone who's doing a narration or introducing a theme or doing something like this. Most of the time, it's like, what brings you this way? You know, I used to be an adventurer like you, but then I took an arrow to the knee. Um, and all of these things are, are, are just little lines. Yeah. And they're in a row. And with inexperienced actors... We're all trying to be good dogs for you, and we want to get the job done. And a lot of what happens with especially less experienced actors is they're going to race through those lines. Yeah, I've experienced that for sure. Yeah, and so here's here's what happens. And I've had the I've had the direction. I need you to slow it down. And it's like, well, I'm not really sure what you mean, <laughs> and what the director means when he says slow it down is. Take a look at what you're saying. So you've got a line that says something like, uh, my mother told me not to come here today. And so what you want, what, what, what a good dog is going to do is, my mother told me not to come here today. That's the line. It's awesome. It's fine. It works. But it's more what, what slow it down, what, what they mistakenly say slow it down. What they want to do is for you to make it real. Mm-hmm. My mother told me not to come here today. Much better. Okay, that gives you personality. Yeah. So you're not just reading it. You're not being good and heading for that period like it's the goal. And that is the problem with a spreadsheet, is every period looks like what you're, all those little lines look like darts, you know, and the period is the goal. And so you, to break that up, you want to remove the lines from the spreadsheet. Yeah. And put them on, on a, another in another format and give them space. If you have visual, mm. a little bit just of just that visual space on the page. Yeah, a little white space. Yeah, that will free your actor up from thinking, ah, how the f am I going to get through all these lines? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a it, it's visual dissonance, and it means everything because I'm we're trying to please you. I think that's because I've done I've done VO recording from spreadsheets. We just mm-hmm. did two thousand lines with Michael Dobson from a mm-hmm. spreadsheet, and he nailed it. Well, he's probably and used I to it. and I asked him to. <laughs> yeah. I asked him if he wanted me to change it. Sure. Yeah, it was with permission, but at the yeah. same time, is it? Uh, well, when you've got I'm asking permission, and he's just like, no, everything's good. Everything's good. Well, he's used but to I it. But I feel like we also have the relationship where he would tell me otherwise. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but if you've got somebody who's not necessarily used to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and give them a little white space. It's a few yeah. more pages. Mm-hmm. Just paper. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot to pull that out and reformat it. Like. And, and believe, and the thing that I really do want to stress is that your actor is really working very hard to please you as yeah. much as they can. And that's their focus most of the time. And so you have to recognize that as a director. Pleasing me is really not where I want your brain to be. Yeah. I want you to be thinking about this person whose words you're reading, that character. Where are they? Where are they in space? Who are they with? And I want you to be thinking about getting the lines done. That's the extraneous uh, 
it's a, it's a distraction. Yeah. So we want it to be far more involved with creating and maintaining character. And that's what the directors are for. Right. To maintain those characters. And we rely on you. I've got to tell you, man. <laughs> um, we rely on you uh, to maintain. Once we've established a character, that's your job. Yeah. So that I can, I can do my work with the words that are on paper, and you have to be able to say, wow, you know what, your voice is starting to pitch up a little bit. Yeah, right. So actually, let's go back two lines, let's bring it back down, here's what you sounded like before. Yeah, here's let's a reference. Because uh, I recently had a job that I did that was being directed, and what would happen is we would finish a page and we'd stop and cut up a little bit. And so, one of the characters just had a, had a voice that was kind of like this. She was a little bit younger than I am, and uh, a little, she was supposed to be more princess-like, and so she had more air in her voice. And one of the things that happened was the director and I, and he was in, like, Toronto or something, and we were talking on Skype, and I said something about a game I had done when I was... Uh, I did a game where there was a character where I was a, a gopher, and the, char- the character voice that I'm doing f- reminded me of this, and I said, yeah, it's not really a far cry from, two steaks, delicious, you know? <laughs> and so that was really funny. And so what happened was, when the princess came back on, she kind of sounded like this. And we ended up doing like, oh, I don't know, five pages like this. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and uh, I stopped for tea, and uh, he came, we came back, and he went, wow, you know, we really went off the rails there. Uh, we're going to have to go back to line 25. And oh. it's like, oh, okay, can I do that by myself? Yeah, okay. Because uh, we had fi- we finished most of the site. I, had, I was doing like six or seven characters in this game. And so, but the biggest problem that we had was it was at the end of the session, and we were we were making each other laugh, and so what we ended up doing was accidentally um, bending the character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what we what I ended up doing was I recorded it on my. I said, just let me do this, and I'll do it. You know, I'll do it tomorrow morning, or I'll do it later today. And so what I had was a reference line from early in the script. And I went back to that reference line every three or four lines, so I could really nail where her where her um the melodic center of her voice was. Yeah. And so that was, because I knew what the intent was. We had already figured that out. We just didn't need the gopher in it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> an, an actor delivers a line that a director doesn't like it. What do you want to hear? You want to hear the director engage the actor's frame of reference. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. This is so important. Why is the line wrong? So, for instance, the line is something like, I would have much preferred to build a house myself. Okay, let's say that's the line. I would have much preferred to build the house myself. And so the fellow is saying, I would have much preferred to, to build the house myself. And you're saying, no, we're not, we're not getting it. You could say, it needs to be more emotional. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, what does that mean? So, so here's the kind of direction that you need to be ready to give. The young man is frustrated. I would have much preferred to build a house myself. 
And so is he, if you just say angry, that's kind of a Band-Aid. What you want to do is give something the person can latch on to. Remember how it felt when your father wouldn't give you the car keys. Okay, so not just mad, but thwarted. Okay, that's personal. Remember how that felt? I would have much preferred to build the house myself. Okay, that's what you get. You run afoul of this if you think you know what it's supposed to sound like and you line read it. <laughs> Absolutely don't. Unless you are up a tree and the actor says, can you just give me a line reading because I'm not getting it. Right. Because if you read my lines for me, you've already you've lost me. Yeah. I've had people read entire paragraphs and pages to me. Well, this is kind of like what we want it to sound like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, why didn't you just record it yourself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you need me for? You know, that's kind of how I feel. But the business of line reading is at the absolute last desperate gasp. Here is what it's supposed to sound like. What you want your actor to be able to do is give you the performance that reveals that sound, not just pastes it on. Right. Yeah. Well, that so, was my question, so I'm... That was your question? I was going to be like, I was going to ask about line reads after that. Like, yeah, you, line you, reads you, are... You answered it. Yeah. yeah. I, because there are times where I, and I think this is against what you say, where I, I know the word that I want emphasized is. You can say... Um, so I say emphasize this word. Yeah, like, you can say underline that word. Build that word. Build, I really would like for you to hit that just a I don't know where I picked it up, but I said, I, picked, I must have picked it up from Power Up. <laughs> Billboard this word. And I thought it sounded cool, so then I continued saying it. But whatever. Yeah. Um, you can say hug the word, embrace this word, oh, underline this word. I like hug uh -huh. the word. Yeah. <laughs> I like well, that. I'll tell you, it's, it's something that we do when we're doing a commercial advertising. With the first time you, this is one of those wonderful things that you never see the actor do because you never watch the actor recorded a, a radio or a, a voiceover for a TV ad. The first time you mention the client's name, you hug that client. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so it's the it's it's the new eight seven thousand from Volvo. Yep. <laughs> just a nice little warm little just, embrace just around hug that. that client. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but that's what it is. Is you can hug a word, and because you know what the intent is, you can explain. You are you're emphasizing this word because it is comparative to something you've already said, or you're it's in it's a it's a comparison to something someone else has said, and so you're answering that. So I need you to underline this word. Or I need you to billboard this word. But explain why. Right. So it gets in there. Right. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I think we've done a good chunk of advice. I'd like to hop into uh, what your history is. And what, what brought you here to this? Wow. The stage at Monument in San Francisco. So here's how I got into the business of, of video games. It all goes back to Final Fantasy X. And James Arnold Taylor. The best Final Fantasy, some, according to one person here, probably. <laughs> yeah. John Bash. Yeah, so, <laughs> James Arnold Taylor and John DiMaggio and, uh, and uh, Hedy uh, Bress. And I mean, those, those, what a wonderful crew. And I, I was playing that game and just got so involved. And uh, it used to be one of the marks of, you know, 
Uh, did you cry at the end of that game? Because if you didn't, we can't be friends, okay? Oh, we got oh, three, no. three, three yeah. people. You have yeah. three so, friends. So you have three I'm friends, not friends here. I'm not friends with any of the rest of you. <laughs> okay. So, but, but I mean, but it, they, they really got me, and I went, boy, that's it. That is where I am heading. And so, in those days, the internet was just kind of becoming a thing. And there was a message board uh, for VO people that was somewhat uh, connecting. And I would find college kids who were doing game projects. And I would say, hey, I want to do the voices for your games. Oh, OK. So here's a script. And so I was trying out stuff like that, figuring out how to make my game, my voice, fit into the, the aspects of their game and building a little demo reel and all that other stuff. And then uh, I became acquainted uh, with the work of George Sanger, the fat man, the guy who gave uh, us yeah, George. Wing yep. Commander and, uh, <laughs> and Maniac Mansion and The Seventh Guest. I mean, The Seventh Guest is really what sold me on George I Sanger. I love Seventh Guest. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that is such a wonderful um, musical score. So George was one of my heroes, and I found his demos online. He had a... Uh, he had a demo that was broken up into little bits, and it, kind of, it was him describing how he created some of the little character things that he did. Because he did a lot of small Nintendo games where there would be just little themes, you know, a wrestling game. So he had to have little themes for little guys. And he described it and um, uh, had music from Maniac Mansion, had music from uh, a little roller coaster game, and, and some other things. And so my younger son, this is back in the, golly, Moses. This is ancient <laughs> history. Okay, I mean, so, so this is back in like 2004 or five. Okay, and so I've got this, I downloaded all his demos. I found them and I went, boy, this is awesome. I downloaded those things and had them on my computer. And the thing is, my, my younger son was um, uh, in like maybe seventh grade at that time. And I, if, he, if he was ready for school and we had time left over that, that he could use to do something, yeah, you can go in my studio and you can listen to music. That's what you can do before school. And so what he would do once we had George's stuff in there, he would go into my, go into my studio, turn on my computer, turn on the amps, get the speakers on, and play George's demos. Cool. Every day. <laughs> for weeks. <laughs> and it occurred to me after like a month went by of this music every morning that I had not gotten tired of it. And I went, okay, hang on a minute. That is really significant. And I sat down and found George's website online and wrote him a fan letter. And I mean, George is a famous guy. You know, he's got a little disclaimer saying, due to the volume of email, please don't expect a personal response. And I'm like, I don't care. I just need you to know how much I love you. Um, thank you so much for your music. We listen to it every day. And I just want to say thank you for not being boring. Click, send it off. And it was in the evening. And so I've got my little laptop computer on the dining room table. And so that goes and sends, and this is in the days of AOL. And five minutes later, you've got mail. And it's a letter from George Sanger. 
Nice. He guess I guess he was online, you know, when, when my email came through, and he read it. And so he wrote this little, thank you so much for, for uh, your kind words, and I'm working on some new music, and here's a link to uh, where I've got some new music online. So my family and I all are like, ah, squee to the max, it's George Sanger. And so we went online, <laughs> and, and we're listening to the new music, and five minutes later, my email goes, ping, you've got mail. And it's another email from George Sanger. Now, in the time that my family and I had gone to his FTP site and started listening to his music, he had gone to my website. I always have my website in yep. my email signature. Okay? So he had gone to my website, and in that little amount of time, had gone to my website and discovered that one of my special skills is fluent dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> You never know when you're going to hit. And so he wrote me a note saying, hey, I just went to your website. You can bark. Can you bark in key? Ah. I need a dog who can sing. <laughs> P.S. I also need a cat. Can you do that? And I'm like, sure. And that was my first video game game that was called Go Pets Live. It was a thing that was like a little online community that, and you could teach your pet to sing a song. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was great. And that's it. So I'm telling you, man, number one, always have your special skills on your site. And number two, never fail to write fan mail when someone, when someone does something wonderful. Yeah. I don't, I don't think awesome. it, it, it never hurts to show appreciation. Never hurts. And so my first GDC was 2006. Yeah. was when it was in uh, San Jose. And George was there kind of as my big big bro mentor and yeah. uh, it's just happened ever since then people that I've met that is, an, that is an awesome origin story that is a good origin story yeah, that is super great I think I met George four years ago and his business card said slot machine philosopher <laughs> <laughs> and I was like Job title. Yeah, that's <laughs> really good. Pretty rad. Yeah, I did some. I did some voices for some of his slot machines. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had a, a contract with the, the uh, Indian Gaming Commission, and okay. so yeah, so things that were on reservations in particular. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. hot. Ooh, triple eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many variations? Oh, you just you know just name it five. <laughs> Um, Should we start doing questions? I don't know. I was going to ask, what, what's, oh, well, what's interesting right now? Or is there anything you're excited about that you're working on right now? Oh, man. Got some plugs? Well, let me see. Um, there's a new game out called the, 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 the Station, which is for, uh, the, I think, the major platforms, and I am the voice of the station. Okay. Which is really kind of fun. And uh, I, was, I wanted to put together a trailer that had places where my voice is played. Yep. Uh, but it's just like some of the most important stuff I'm saying, like Hullbridge detected, is I can, I can have that. I could certainly do that. But it's happening at a point where the action is so spoiler <laughs> that it's like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to share this with anyone. So... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the game, but that's yeah. prob that's one of the most recent things I've done. Cool. And yeah, the stuff that I love is when I get a chance to do something that is so not me. Because an awful lot of the stuff is just like, hey, you know, we need a we need a mountain scout, and she's about your age. 
great. All I got to do is add a little grit every once in a while. Right. You know, it's like, I'm tired of your stuff. You need better shoes than that. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, but the stuff I, I, I really love is uh, I work for a little game company called Jovian. They do audio. They, they collect uh, dialogue for, for games that are made like in Russia or something. The, the, yeah. the visuals are out of this world. You see them on, on big fish games, the big you know, point and click and, uh, and found object adventures and stuff. And every once in a while, there's somebody uh, in one of those games that could be just a melodramatic, I'm the evil queen, you know, and you're going to do what I say and I don't believe you and all of this kind of stuff. And one of the things that happens, uh, if, you, if you let it, you let your own life story inform what's going on. And so she's, the ice queen here is ready to freeze everybody and someone pretends to be your husband who is dead. And he says, no, I'm actually here. She goes, but, but, you know, but Oberon, I thought you were dead. I, I saw you in the, in the elven lands. And, and then she discovers that he was fooling her, and her rage is beyond towering. Now, my own husband died last year in July. And let me tell you, doing that role was cathartic. Mm-hmm. And the thing where, because you, you dream of your loved one being there, and they're, or they're just out of reach, or some, when someone dies suddenly, it's, it's, it's catastrophic, and it causes a kind of PTSD. Doing that role was so remarkably wonderful, because I got to be outraged. And I got to really, I got to use my own life experience in something that can matter without making it melodramatic. Right. And then the project kind of gives back. It absolutely does. Yeah. Cool. Man. That's, I don't know. That, there's so much stuff going on in my personal life right now that just, like, hearing that story just sort of, like, just hits me. Mm. You know? It's, like, in a good way. Like, yes. Yeah. It's good when you can take, take that stuff and turn it into something Well, you know, I don't more. know what to do if you don't, to tell yeah. you the truth. You know, you got to write songs about it or, or make a, build a house or make furniture out of it. Or, yeah, I, I don't know how people don't do something, yeah. frankly. If, yeah. if, if you don't have a creative outlet, I, I feel very bad for those people. You know, it's not like you can go to work and, and fill numbers in a paper about it. You know, I just don't <laughs> think that that's really going to get you. You haven't seen you. my spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. Take a lot out <laughs> yeah. on the spreadsheets. But so you know, it's it's like that. You do. Yeah. It's it's so symbiotic. Cool. Yep. Questions? We can take start taking some questions. I suppose I haven't been paying attention uh, to time. Usually, uh, DB, we uh, I ask questions on Twitter. Okay, and people awesome. send send us in questions that we okay. answer on the podcast. But well, now that so we've got all live, so tweet us questions, <laughs> and then we'll read them off with our, our phones. Uh, so anyone who wants to step up and ask a question, uh, let us know your name so that I don't murder it this time around and ask your question for the three of us. Yeah. Sure. My name is Josie Breckner. And DB, I was just wondering, um, in terms of like women or female-coded roles over your perspective working in the industry for a while now, um, what do you feel like is missing in terms of characters that you would like to see portrayed? I feel like there's a lot of battle-tested women warriors and things like that, but are there certain like corners or niches that don't get touched 
for whatever reason. Wow. There are nowhere near the same amount of roles for women as there are for men, for starters. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if it's not 60-40, it's 75-25. It's yeah. just really skewed. It makes sense based on what a lot of those things are. Uh, that was not a very good way to say it. It makes sense based on the quality of, uh, or the, the, the uh, content of a game. Uh, if we're doing so the, the but yeah, that problem starts way back. Well, I mean, if the you're inception making of the games, idea, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, it really does. So where are women missing? Um, all over, actually. You know, this is 2018. Can't we have a brigadier general? Yeah, yeah. I mean, put me on the put me on the front line. I'll murder your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, open yeah, call, don't, open don't, call to all the directors out there. Put yeah. DB on the front line. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag uh, put DB on the front line. <laughs> <laughs> um, make us bad guys that, that wield great power. You know, yeah. Um, the thing that I love is the, uh, the Suicide Squad. You know, those are bad girls. I love them. <laughs> you know, and it's, we need more of that. These really wonderfully developed, uh, brilliant uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, just splendidly, sp like a giant spectrum of, of colorful characters. Mm -hmm. And not just, you know, we're, in some of these games, you guys, we're still rescuing the princess. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, oh, this again. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's, let's, we need to write stories of our lives. Our lives are interesting. We're all fighting great battles. Who was it who said that? Marcus Aurelius? You know, be kind for every man you meet is fighting a great battle. We all are. Yep. Yeah, so we need to write games that, uh, that show, you know, yeah, maybe we have a job and we go to the grocery store and, and, and watch Netflix and that's kind of it most times and then we take a vacation once a year or whatever. Um, well, what does that mean? What would happen if something different happened to that guy? A tsunami or an earthquake or something. What happens to, what happens to that man or woman? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and discover other stuff. I mean, we're always killing and dying in all these games. Let's just make the game of going to get groceries. What? It, 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 I am bread. You, you could probably. I am. <laughs> I am the groceries. I think that we can probably make stuff that takes that as an antecedent, and you can and you can make a fantasy out of that. Yeah. What are you thinking of? Yeah. Why not? But I think we can think beyond the stuff that we're actually doing now, mm -hmm. and include a lot more women in it, Jesse. Cool. Mm -hmm. ne ne next question. Anyone else? Get up there. DB, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm Jameson. I'm a huge fan. You talk about like what you just said, how do we get better roles for women? Or when you're in the booth with the director and the engineer and you're like, this is garbage. Let me fix this for you. What can we do as people who make games further upstream for when you come to us and say, this is bad? What can we do now so that the next time you're in the booth, it's not bad? Maybe it's good? <laughs> I think that engaging uh, actors early on is a really good idea. It's probably more expensive. Yeah. But when you start building your script, you need it read aloud immediately. 
Yeah, we that's, uh, we push that hard. That's good that's to know. The number and one advice I give all of our writers is like read it you. out loud. Out loud. Literally out loud. And it doesn't almost doesn't matter. It, it's best if you get good people to read it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it almost doesn't matter yeah. because it is a different process to hear it than it is mm-hmm. to read it. And yeah. that yeah. is really smart. I think yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. And I assure you, oh my beloved writers, that I wouldn't say this is garbage, we need to change this. <laughs> Please. Um, but I think upstream, um, one of the things that Pat Fraley always says is the best the best acting is good is good writing. Yeah. It's so true because what you're doing is you're giving me gems to work with and not broken glass and not anything that I have to do more crafting. When yeah. you do the crafting, when you're allowed the time to craft the script, it lets me do a better job for you because yeah. I'm not pushing a train uphill to get the point across. Yeah, it's giving you a sculpture that needs a little lacquer, not just like a good block, a brick. Yeah. 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 It's like that. So getting, iterate, 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 iterate your script. Um, do you ever, in games, get the opportunity to do table reads? I've, I've noticed some people talking about this lately, and I've realized I've, I've never done a table read yeah. with my cast. Normally, not. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. Mike Surix is a guy from Bright Skull. Do yeah. you know? Oh, we yeah. know Mike. Oh, um, we know Mike. He will, um, he will engage as much ensemble work as he can because yeah. he totally believes in the value of action, reaction, interaction. Yeah. 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 Um, you can't always get it. I mean, because frankly... I schedules mean, are hard. Schedules are hard. Um, I'm in You're Maine. remote. Yeah. I'm remote. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've got guys from, uh, from Austin and Hawaii and Toronto and... Uh, you know, um, even scheduling a virtual table read of that would be really hard. It'd be hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, most of the time, simply yeah. by the nature of it, it would be great. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a pipe dream. It's too bad. Yeah. But here's what happens with good directors: uh, they're going to read you into it. Mm-hmm. They're going to read you in. Yeah. Um, or have someone. Ideally, you need somebody else to read them in. Yeah. Because you as the director, you need to be listening to how the person responds. Yeah, not and when focusing you're, on a page. When you're acting. Yeah. You're pretending to be an actor. Yeah. 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 Your focus is different. So if you can get another actor in there. Yeah. Yeah. Or get a friend even just to read him in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, in, in that case, is it possible to do table reads uh, remotely, or is the is the Skype lag just going to mess it up? I don't think that that matters that much. I don't think that things are going to be so specific. It's not animation where you have to talk about stepping or not stepping on someone's line. Right. It's the object of acting and reacting. What does it sound like? Okay. One of the best things that happens when you've got a game um, role is if someone's already recorded their lines and you actually get to hear what they've said. Yeah. So I've had them played in, not read in. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. XCOM had that. We had stuff that was uh, one of the iterations of XCOM. Weren't there like three? <laughs> yeah, yikes. Yeah, so that, the, yeah, that game had, uh, we had the previous actors' lines. That was awesome. Cool. Worked out cool. well. Got another one? Anyone? Gotta be. Um, does anyone want to know about, uh, yes. does anyone? <laughs> Ask do. yourself a question. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, who, does, who does casting here? Okay, so. Um, 
the business of casting is, is how you go about getting an actor into your game. And it is uh, one of the, th- when, I, when I do talks about casting and directing, uh, one of the first rules I say is do some damn casting. Uh, <laughs> because you need to figure out what your role needs and you need to make a casting document and you need to cast a net to get different options for different actors. Sometimes you, you don't know what you don't know, okay? And that's not sometimes, that's all the time. You don't know what you don't know. And you know that you can rely on Dave and you know that you can rely on Sue and they're always awesome at the work they do. But you also need to hear other people's input. Yeah. Because someone's gonna bring something to you sometimes that you didn't even know you wanted. So having a robust casting document is your is your key you need a set of lines that can be anywhere between 8 and 12 lines you know there's no set number that shows the span the range of this character's emotional content anything from the first talking to their child in the morning to shouting lines on the battlefield to weeping over their pet's death Okay. If all of those things happen, they need to be in the casting. The other thing that needs to be in the casting is exerts. Yeah. Does the character it's... take bullets, howl in agony, and die? If yes, then uh, audition that stuff. Yep. You have to hear them take bullets, howl in agony, and die. Because you need to know whether or not you need to cast someone else to do that. Because you can get a great actor yeah. who can't do anything other than, ugh, Okay, I need you to be hit with an arrow in the arm. Uh, okay, now you're being hit with, uh, you know, a pole in the stomach. Uh, I mean, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. hey, some people can do this, some people can't. Yeah. If it's okay for you to cast a separate actor to, to kind of do the... To do voice matching. Just to do voice matching, yeah. if you can, to get really great exerts, that's a, that's a good idea, but you've got to cast for that stuff. Yeah. Anything that's in the game you need to cast for. What's your experience with voice matching? I think it, I think I find it fascinating and amazing. It's fascinating. We just had David Fleur in uh, for our last Vancouver sound designers meetup. Um, it's the re-recording mixer at Disney, mm. and showed us the one of the songs in Moana done in like thirty-seven yeah. languages. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, and, and it was you, crazy and how never close hear, they would get to it. You don't other. hear it change. It sounds like it's the same person the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah, and they do that with. Um, I heard, Steven, I heard Steven Seagal is almost never Steven Seagal, and I kind of might know who it usually is, but I can't say. I actually, uh, I actually don't know about that. I yeah. do know <laughs> that there are people who are, uh, whose work in Los Angeles is to do the breaths and panting for, like, Jodie Foster. Okay. okay. Specifically. You know, or something like that, or yes. for Sandra Bullock. Um, is she run, you know, somebody has to... <sighs> because... They're it either not, doesn't work or it's not, it's not, uh, it wasn't picked up when they were doing it at the right yeah. time. That stuff gets added in and they, and that's their and job. And that's not something that you want to bring. You're not going to call her back You're in. not going to call Jody like, we're doing the ADR, but we also need to do the pants. Some actors will not do ADR. Yeah. They what? won't. They can't. Sometimes they can't. It's like, sorry, I'm in Japan because I'm doing another movie. Right. Yeah. Like, but you can also get sued for doing voice, uh, for doing voice matching as well. You can get in trouble for it. Can you not? 
Well, if you're doing a celebrity sound-alike, yeah. and it doesn't say celebrity sound-alike, yeah. and, you know, hi, I'm Ricardo Montalban or something like that, yeah. you know? I mean, um, but, yeah, you, if you're doing a celebrity sound-alike, especially on an ad, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you can't do that without saying celebrity sound-alike. Yeah. I know it. Done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're it. really not supposed to. You're not yeah. supposed to. De- you know, you're not supposed not, to make not, it. Not in North America. In, you're not supposed yeah. to make it sound like it's Jack <laughs> Nicholson really, you know, selling your bread. Yeah, yeah. Adb, my name's Drea. Uh, my question is, if you're looking at a script which has more of a soliloquy, like lilting your way through a script, mm-hmm. how do you approach that as opposed to something that's like in the moment, like guttural interjection? It's all in the moment, actually, even if it's a long soliloquy. Part of uh, getting used to being a character is speaking extemporaneously as that character. Uh, One of the things I teach my students to do is talk themselves into a line. So let's say you've got a role that is not really you. Um, Let's say if you need to do an accent or if you need to do someone who's a different age from yourself. So if I'm going to be old, and I'm going to be talking about, got a long soliloquy to tell you about how I came to this village in the year of 695, or whatever it is. And so what I will do in order to, before I approach a long piece of script, is I'll get used to that character by simply talking to you. Right. So I'll figure out where her tempo and rhythm are, and, and, and then when I'm telling the story of my own life on this page, it is in the moment, because I'm telling you my story. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? OK. Um, interruptions. When you're the only one, inter- how do you handle interruptive sentences that are interrupted? Uh, Finish when- the sentence. If that's what I was hoping to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like on a it's like stage acting with that yeah. stuff. When you see an when you see an aborted or an abbreviated sentence, um, you know that's that's the last time I'm going to let you ever. No, ever what? You know, that's the last time I've ever been my absolute pet peeve in all voiceover and all games, and the number of games that still do it, it's driving me crazy. Finish the sentence. Because the implementation always adds a gap. It's like, why'd you stop talking? Why did you stop talking? They didn't even interrupt you yet. Yeah, some of that's technical. Yeah. I mean, it used to be, you know, like a flash But it should be talk, 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 then the technical should cut it. Ideally. Ideally. Yeah. And so you need to, the reason someone stops talking is because someone else is talking over them. Yes. And it isn't an abrupt thing. It's someone else has already introduced new speech, and so then they stop talking. There's always an overlap. Yeah. So finish the sentence. Cool. All right. Uh, I think we got time for, like, maybe one more question, if one exists. No? If not, I've got some prezzies. Oh, snap. Brought some coffee crisp from Canada. Ooh. You want to throw one? Or do you want one? I want one. 
Okay. Oh, one yeah. That yeah. one's DB's. She, oh, she yeah. gets it. So there's one coffee crisp. You want to throw it? Oh, we're throwing it. All right. Oh, God. What am I going for? It's not like a big enough crowd where there's like a random, <laughs> even that much randomness. It's just like you just oh, threw it I to. Actually, do, are you relying on me to throw this to my to our fans over here? Because I can. If you want, I have more. I can give you a coffee coffee Ooh, okay. crisp later. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Number go! two. Oh. <laughs> if you're Canadian, you're not allowed to keep it. Because <laughs> we have mountains of them back home. Um. <laughs> So there we go. That is our first live recorded podcast recording here at GDC. Has it been an hour? Pretty close I, I don't know. He was keeping time. Pretty yeah. close Felt to short wow. to me. Should um, we do it again? Yes. But not right now. No, 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 no. Next year. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, any closing words, DB, that you'd like to say uh, before we wrap this up? One of the things about game audio is now, are we all audio people here? Is it pretty much for the most part? Okay, let me tell you something about us, my (laughs) compatriots, is that we are the nicest guys in game audio. I mean, in games. We're the best people in game development, and I will tell you why. Because nobody needs to work with a jerk more than once. So we are the best of the best. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, so we'll say thanks again to Monument House. We'll say thanks again to Kim. Kim, what's your company name? Greta. 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 And thanks to Greta. Who else helped us out? Can't hear you. I can't hear. You. <laughs> Kim said things that I can't hear that I we'll should repeat. But we'll splice it in. We'll figure it out. Yay! Thumbs Yay. up. Thanks, Kim. Kim's the whole reason this happened. Um, thanks, DB, for coming out My and pleasure. doing this with us. It was super awesome. Thank Absolutely. you so much. We know you had a lot going on tonight. Yeah, so thanks for finding time. I'm pretty sure, are you just like going straight back to some going other crazy just, thing? No, I'm going to, I have a hot date with my bed. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, thanks to everybody that came thanks out. Thanks, everybody, for coming. It was super awesome. Uh, thanks, Gord, for all this. Yeah, just Gordon. being my co-host. We have, because uh, I think we're still hanging out for a bit, we have a, a laptop set up at a table. It's got a Reaper session open, and it's got the most over-designed, um, over-redesigned piece of footage in game audio on it, and there's a very limited sound library on the desktop. And I would like, uh, if we're here for a while, go cut yourself a sound. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. And we'll end. see what happens. Anyways, that's it. Well, that's that's it. That is the episode. Get yourself a drink and we'll hang out. Thanks, everybody. (laughs)